Brett Coconitis here in studio, con- a congressional candidate for CD1. Brett, how are you? Hey, hey, Eddie, I'm doing good. Happy happy Thursday to you guys. Yeah, Thanks thank you. Thank you for today. being here. You've got a strong candidacy. You've been uh, out uh, trying to turn a lot of those old Democrats into Republicans. How's it going? I think good. I mean, the big thing for me is, you know, through this whole race, I wanted to show New Mexico that we were serious, that our campaign was about actually getting out with the people and doing things. And that's why if uh, you followed us on social media, I know that you've done that. Uh, You'll see videos and photos of us at all the rallies across the state, not just within the district, but, you know, in other places across New Mexico as well. Have you signed the impeach MLG petition? I did sign it. It was at a rally in Santa Fe on Saturday last weekend. You guys had a table up there with some representatives. And as you know, uh, my dislike for the governor and her decisions for this state, I proudly signed that petition. Wow, that's great. Thank you, Brett, for doing that. And i got to tell you, you're, uh, you're really pushing very hard. Uh, I know you have a lot of grassroots uh, efforts behind you as well. And uh, how bad has Michelle Lujan Grisham been for the state of New Mexico during this uh, COVID-19 crisis, 67 days in? Well, like I've always said, Eddie, you know, people talk about the issues in New Mexico about crime and education and economic development. If you thought it was bad before, just wait until you see what we're going to be experiencing after she starts lifting these restrictions. You know, yesterday she gave us an update, told us that, uh, you know, restaurants may start to slightly open on June 1st. And... You know, what we've seen from the governor uh, every week or so when she comes out and does her updates is she's been kind of just spoon-feeding New Mexico to kind of release the pressure and keep people at bay uh, while, you know, she carries out her agenda in this state. And, you know, opening up these businesses to 20 25% and churches at 25%, you know, most of these businesses can't survive on curbside and delivery and these limited capacities. We need to open up New Mexico now. Uh, we've been all at the Walmarts and the Lowe's and the Home Depot now for, for months while the COVID has gone down. We haven't seen a drastic spike in these numbers. A lot of the stores have the plastic shields and other safety precautions. It's time to open. And you, you'll see me on her streams and on social media. I advocate every day for her to open New Mexico. Did you recently go down to TRC or Southern New Mexico? I did go down to TRC. Uh, Saturday last weekend was a busy weekend. We had a rally up in Santa Fe on Saturday. I drove down to TRC uh, to support Sheriff Hamilton and the New Hope Church on Sunday. Right. So we were there, and then I made a circle back to, to Santa Fe. Comment very quickly on uh, Coy Griffin's comments that he made on uh, Sunday. I know he's uh, a little reluctant to come forward to talk about those things, but uh, I, I, I have to say that this is an opportunity for any leader to comment on those publicly. Yeah, I mean, I he was at the rally with us. I did not see him personally say that, but obviously I did see the video. Uh, poor choice in words. I think when you look at the unedited video, you can kind of see the point that he was making. But when you spin this back, you look at what the Democrats have said about Republicans all right. along. Right. You know, you have them calling us Nazis. You have the governor's communication director calling death us cult. death cult. Death cult. Right. And not responding. You know, this is a maturity issue. I think we can all kind of put down the, the words of destruction and treat each other with a little bit more respect. But it's coming from both sides. Yeah. And, you know, of course, Deb Holland took that opportunity, that golden moment, and ran with it. And, you know, so did the media. So, you know, I think, uh, like I said, I think it could have been a better choice of words, but... 
we've been taking it all along. The president's been taking it all along. And uh, I think the Democrats just need to be a little bit less sensitive. All right, let's talk about social spending and tax cuts. Uh, obviously, those things are really being pushed forward by Deborah Holland, Ben Ray Lujan, Second Amendment, and red flag laws as well. But let's talk about spending and tax cuts coming from the Democrats in uh, 2020. So spending, I mean, if you look at it from the state side and we look at it at the federal side and what they're doing with the $3 trillion proposed stimulus plan, uh, you know, our budget's at almost $25 trillion, or I should say our national debt's almost at $25 trillion. There, there has to be a stop at some point to this. Uh, I am a candidate that signed the Americans for Tax Reform uh, Taxpayer Pledge. I also signed, uh, signed the Rio Grande Foundation Taxpayer Pledge. I think we need to be a little bit smarter with our money. Um, obviously, the longer that these economic shutdowns continue, it's just going to put us into greater and greater jeopardy. And we can see that here in the state of New Mexico. You know, uh, Santa Fe put out a, a statement saying that they're going to have a $100 million deficit in their budget. Uh, we know that we have a $2 billion issue that we have to address in the state. We're not seeing GRT come in. We're not going to have a uh, flourishing economic uh, activity with these small businesses. You know, we heard we talked last time on the radio about the hundreds of businesses we've heard that aren't going to reopen. It's pretty uh, pretty much a shame at this point. Let's talk about red flag laws and the Second Amendment. And there's a lot of people who are really pushing, particularly those sheriffs, 28 out of 33 counties who are pushing back against those. Well, in the first congressional district, I was the only candidate that stood with the sheriffs at every single red flag rally at the Capitol. Okay. I went to every single legislative session, both in the House and the State Senate, uh, advocating against the red flag gun laws with the sheriffs. I've been endorsed by uh, Sheriff Tony Mace wow. and also Sheriff uh, Greg Hamilton. Um, as far as a candidate, you know, I don't have a voting record because I'm a small business guy. I've never been in politics, AQ rated by the NRA, and I heard you had Stephanie Lord on uh, previously, yep. the organization she founded, Pro Gun Women, also rated us. Uh, an A-grade candidate. Uh, we've also been at every gun show up until the COVID crisis uh, in Albuquerque talking to constituents that are both Republican and surprisingly, a lot of Democrats go there too. Let's talk about pro-life and abortion stance. Obviously, the Southwestern Women's Clinic on Tuesday mornings at 8.30 a.m. is opened up for anywhere from 15 to 20 abortions, late-term abortions. Your thoughts on pro-life and abortion stance? So I think, uh, you know, with the president's, president's agenda right now is to end late-term abortion. I think that's a great direction. We have challenges, and I know it's a big conversation for Democrats and Republicans alike. Uh, you know, where we really can make a difference in this state is ending late-term abortion. New Mexico is one of the abortion tourist destinations in the country. Uh, we still have, you know, a Supreme Court ruling on Road versus Way. We can focus on things such as funding and focus on the president's directive as far as ending late-term abortion. Uh, this is an issue that can have an immediate impact. And, you know, from the purview of Congress, that's the most effective thing I think we can focus on for the president in cheating. Crime and homelessness have been on the increase here in the uh, city of Albuquerque. What could you do as U.S. Uh, congressperson going up to Washington, D.C. to end all this uh, sort of, um, you know, criminal element that's coming by way of crime and homelessness? Well, that's... That's a pretty complex problem, especially on the crime piece, because we've heard U.S. Attorney General William Barr talk about the subpar judicial system in the state of New Mexico. Uh, we're pretty much at a point of catch and release, and we're penalizing small business owners instead of hardened criminals. 
Um, that's a big issue there. Second, Congress makes change laws, brings back money. But city of Albuquerque is a sanctuary city. You know, they've lost out on funding federal dollars to help the city address that issue. You know, whether I've heard some people talk about compromises, I don't really necessarily think that compromising is, is the best strategy because we need to end the sanctuary city uh, position for the city of Albuquerque. Let's talk um, about. Mean, let, let's talk very quickly about education reform, school choice, etc. How should our educational system work here in the state of New Mexico? Well, you know, since the Department of Education was created at the federal level, the percentage of literacy and numeracy in the United States has continuously declined, and that should say a lot about the Department of Education from the federal side. I believe in school choice. I believe in homeschooling, and I think not only from the federal side. But this is important about, lo- you know, finding those local officials to elect that support that same methodology as well. What we're going to see in this next, you know, full legislative session probably is the Democrats coming out against homeschooling. And what I mean by that, instituting new regulations, standardized testing, and policy. So this is a part of our campaign that we've really hit on is about not just working for New Mexico as an entire state, not just the district, but the entire state in D.C., but also using the power and title of that office to push local elected officials to move towards the same direction. And this, you can see in other parties, they do it very well, and we need to start doing that in the Republican Party, and I hope to be uh, a significant player to help make that happen. Yesterday I met with the uh, Secretary of the Interior, David Bernhardt, who is the seventh most powerful man in the entire country. You have uh, put on your website, New Mexico public lands are treasured by hunters, fishermen, hikers, ranchers, etc. This is Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. I'd like for you to like communicate to our population in terms of what you'd be able to do as you as congressperson to allow those people on public lands. So I think I think there's a couple things that we have to look at, but from the public land perspective, because one, you know, that's a big benefit to New Mexico. Like you said, hunters, ranchers, fishermen. Uh, and we have to make sure that those facilities are open. We have to make sure that they are protected. And I do understand that there are areas where we may want to extract minerals and resources for New Mexico. Uh, we saw that in Chaco Canyon and what the Democrats were doing with things like that. Uh, there's room for negotiation and compromise. Compromise has been removed from political debate. And we see that in our state. And we see it at the federal level, and that's why we have a lot of this gridlock. Um, and sometimes that gridlock is good because sometimes we move too fast and we want to slow down legislation and we want to slow down change. But in other areas, I think that we can push forward and, and create the solutions that are better for everybody. Obviously, drug addiction has been huge here in the state. Opioid yep. crisis has been one of the uh, forefront uh, issues here. What could you do as U.S. Congressperson to push that back? Well, you know, we already received a lot of funds from the federal government about, uh, you know, opioid mitigation and treatment. Really, this goes back to what I've said from the beginning, creating advisory boards. Every single candidate will go out there and say, I have the perfect solution. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to go get money. I'm going to change laws. But we really don't understand the problems, and we don't understand the solutions. And that's from the very beginning. This is my business background. When we don't know what we're doing, we don't have that expertise, we go out and we get the experts. And with the opioid crisis, that was one of the first issues I started to look at in Albuquerque. 
you know, there's two two methods of treatment that we really focus on. One is inpatient care. The other is outpatient care with, you know, methadone treatment. Um, there are things that work. There are things that are measurable in both cases. And I think what we really need to do is talk to the experts. Inpatient care, for example, is $25,000 for 30 days of care. Oh, wow. And, and you look at that and you say, well, who is the, uh, you know, archetype of a patient that goes in there? They probably don't have access to $25,000 to receive that care. So they're going to go on to a methadone, uh, you know, treatment plan. And that's really just exchanging one for the other. The other issue is how are people actually becoming addicted to this drug? You know, is it because they're an opioid, uh, pain, you know, prescription pain user and mm -hmm. no longer can get a prescription right. or no longer can afford the prescription? Or is this a, uh, you know, recreational uh, drug that became an addiction? And we need to start looking at that. And that's why before we even come up with a solution from Congress, we need to know what the treatment facilities need, what the experts need. It may Brett, not be money. It may be Brett, thank you for being here. How can, how can we find your website and support your candidacy? So you can go to imaginebrett.com. We're very active on Facebook. Just search Brett for Congress. And uh, we look forward to your support and vote. There you go, folks. Brett Coconitis, imaginebrett.com. Back after a quick break in the top of the hour Fox News here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA 93.7 FM.